Hello and welcome. Thank you very much indeed for joining us. We've been doing research this week and I think we know where you are. Welcome to the Selling on eBay radio show. We're here to save you money, to increase your sales, and to have fun. Yeah. The lines are open for your calls and texts. 1 833 eBay 723. That's 1 833 322 9723. This is fake announcer guy saying here's Philip and Sherry. So that's uh, Sherry Smith and Philip Jackson with you, your hosts for the Selling on eBay radio show. It's all about having fun and making a bit of money on the eBay platform, if that's what you'd like to do. Thank you very much indeed for joining us. Sherry is a full-time seller based in Colorado, does most of her business on consignment, and she has a very secret uh, side hustle where she puts supplies... (laughs) Photos to people who have strange fetishes. We'll find out more about that a bit later on. Oh, well, Philip is a niche seller, not to be confused with a fetish seller, which I can't seem to say. He specializes in selling high-end audio equipment primarily to businesses, and his relationship with eBay continues to deepen, as you will hear more about soon. Yes, usually downhill, but uh, anyway. And that's what we do. If you want to find out more about us, we're not going to plug our stores, but you can find the details at our little website. That's sell, sell, sell.online. Coming up in today's program, more importantly, we ask, can you make a little profit on returns that you take? Legitimate buyer question or strange fetish? You decide. I feel there's a story coming up about that. And uh, we talked the other day about taking a fight to UPS. Well, we've done that in the last few days and we'll uh, bring you the results of that particular exercise. Are you being charged yet for Halo sales? Hopefully not, but you never know. And uh, yes, get your resume out and start working on it. We have a job vacancy you're going to like. And before we move on, I just thought I'd say hello if you're uh, a new listener to us. Uh, it's strangely enough, the numbers seem to have spiked up a bit in the last few days. I don't know whether we did something or whether uh, our nice Uncle Griff um, broadcasting our little plug out made a difference. Who knows? One thing I did notice, Sherry, and you, you'll find this bizarre, I think, is uh, if you go to Apple, which I think is the majority supplier of uh, downloads, you probe around in there and it'll tell you the cities where people are listening and where they're based. And I don't know about you, where, where would you think would be the most likely place for the most listeners? Me? Okay. Are you asking me? Yeah, which city? I'm going to say San Jose. San Jose? I would have thought that'd be pretty strong. I would have thought Chicago, New York City. Those are the big, really big eBay places that have huge eBay meetups people out there, all that sort of thing. And I think number two is, in fact, New York City. But number one is a surprise one, and I find it hard to explain. With 80% more people listening than in New York City comes Seattle. Oh, Seattle. Now, that's a strange one. And I, I, I don't know why that would be, unless Apple's done something strange with their algorithm and every iPhone in Seattle is, is suddenly being force-fed our content, which seems unlikely. So... I don't know. That's huh. weird, isn't it? Yeah, that's interesting. So well, if you're listening, thank you. So thank much. you for tuning in. And also, if you're listening in Seattle and you know why that is, why the, what, what's going up up there, I, I would love to know. You can get in touch. Just leave us a, maybe a voicemail or send us a text. It's 833-EBAY-723. That's 833-EBAY-723. 
Okay. Oh, and whilst we're totally breaking out of format, I thought I'd just quickly do a quick plug here. If, if you're not in Seattle, but you are near Orlando and you want to come and uh, do a, a face-to-face meetup, we're holding one of our uh, monthly sort of happy hour get-togethers, exchange ideas, uh, solve other people's problems, that kind of stuff. It's Tuesday, 25th of April, starting at about 5.30. We usually go till about 8 at the uh, Firebirds Bar and Grill. If you want to find out more, just uh, go to the meetup.com platform. I'm pretty sure if you type in Orlando and uh, eBay, uh, you'll get the uh, the event coming up. If not, again, you can get in touch with us directly. Okay. Too bad I'm so far away. I know. You'll be invited, of course. You're very welcome to come. Be a bit of a commute, though, that's all. Yeah. <laughs> all right. So what's in the news, Sherry? All right. So have you been charged Halo sales yet? Um because they're now live mm-hmm. and it started at the end of the month last month thank you ralph for the yes. heads up on that very kindly uh pointed out we hadn't started yet even though we were talking about it <laughs> yeah um well i was i i have to say i was talking about the fact that i it caused me to stop my promoted listings for a short period and then change the pricing on it but i didn't realize it hadn't started yet so that was good to know, and I really appreciate reaching out to us and the interaction. And now they have on a promoted listing sales report now has a column for direct versus halo sale type. So at least you'll have some idea how badly you've been affected by this particular change. It's been running, what, a couple of weeks, I guess, now. I looked at mine. I don't have any halos going on. No. But then... I the, I think I deal with mission shoppers the way that's the way the way eBay describes them people that want something very specific type that into the search box and choose one and buy it. I don't think I get that many people that sort of browse around the inventory that I have thinking oh I didn't know they had those I'll, I'll snag me one of those I, I don't think that's going to happen so much so I don't I'm hoping that the damage to me is not that great but I could see for other people that it being a big impact. I see. Okay. I'm sorry. I'm a little slow on this, obviously. So somebody, even if you have something in promoted listings, but they find it on eBay, not through your sponsored ad, then you're not charged a fee on it. So you're only charged a fee if they were went in your store from a promoted listing and browsed and then found your item. That's the way I think it works. Yeah. Okay, well, that's a little different than my brain was working. So there, that means that you can have things in promoted listings, but not necessarily be charged a fee for them. The promoted listing. Fee yes, I, I think if they didn't at any point click on a promoted promoted listing spot, let's say they came to you via an organic search spot, not that there's many of those left anymore, and then everything after that would not be attract the fee. But if they come in via a promoted click, and then you're then you're then store, you're going to get gouged for whatever happens after that. Okay, and they browse your store. That's my understanding of how it works. But I haven't you know, had one happen yet, so uh, okay, we'll wait and see. That's funny because I used to talk about uh, when eBay had the education specialist program, mm-hmm. and I was uh, doing all the classes. I used to talk about how the the store was so powerful. Because for free, once a person came in your store, you were getting all this added traffic. So it's funny because now that's not free, <laughs> but it really was a a huge bonus mm-hmm. getting that 
capitalizing on any traffic that you got. So now you're capitalizing on it, but you're just paying for it. All right. So if you've had experience of a significant increase in fees, maybe because of the, the halo effect really affecting you, do get in touch. Uh, the website, if you want to make contact, by the way, uh, .online. Uh You can email through that and we'll, um, we'll take that on board. Be interested to hear how you're getting on with that. Okay, uh, I have a question for sure, you. Yeah, sorry, go ahead. I'm just trying okay. to motor on through the stuff here. I as know, usual. I know. <laughs> but what I... So I'm just going to admit, I can't find that report. So what do you do? You go to marketing and then advertising dashboard. Uh, That's where I went. Yeah. And I, I can't find it. Uh, this is going to be great radio as we go through this online. Um, <laughs> Sales report. You, okay. Okay, let's try it. Marketing, All advertising, right. sales report, total sales, total ad fees. Well... I don't think I'm seeing it on this one, okay. so maybe later. I have a direct link. It says sales report, promoted listing standards, sales report, and there's a column that says uh, sale type, and there's a little informational thing that pops up, and it says this column shows if the transaction is a result of a direct sale or a halo item sale. A direct sale is blah, blah, blah. We talked about that. I wonder if you found that under perform the performance I, tab. I don't know, because I, I don't go through the sort of the front end. I have all the pages I use just on my uh -huh. sort of browser bar, and I just go straight to every page been doing okay. that forever so i had a seller hub effectively before they even knew they were going to make a seller hub yes anyway so, all right so complicated okay let's let's park that for now because <laughs> that's to be very tedious if we keep going down that road okay uh, something else i noticed this week i'll, I'll bill it as news because we haven't got much real news uh, i did toy around with the uh, the desktop messaging you know we said the other day that we could you can now opt in uh via the desktop if you want to have a crack at the new chatty style uh, eBay messaging where it threads together your prior conversations with the, that particular correspondent. I thought, okay, well, that's not a bad layout. At least I can see kind of the history. And I said, great. I'm, I started writing out a reply and I was looking for the thing where it says copy it to my inbox. And that doesn't exist right now on the desktop messaging. If it does, it's very well hidden. Um, so to me, that's a deal breaker because I want everything in my email archive um, not that I don't trust eBay to keep stuff, but still. Um, that's your filing system. That is my system, and that, that's kept forever. I haven't lost an email from eBay since I ever started selling on the platform. It's all in a massive archive with an indexing system, so I know exactly what's going on. So, But then they say when you do opt in to it, this is really kind of a trial system. We haven't fully developed this yet. There's some features that are coming down the road. So maybe that's something that will appear later on. But in terms of um, the right now, uh, for me, that that's a deal breaker. I need the stuff sent to my to my inbox because then I can associate it with the the folder in my email that has all the stuff related to that particular transaction. Yes, and I then know where it is. Well, that's a brilliant filing system, and it's so fast and easy. See, I'm old school. I like email. Yeah. All right. Uh, and uh, again, a fake piece of news here. Uh, you were toying around on the platform and you ran into a thing where you were selling a used item. It looked like you were being offered a used item stock photo. Yes, this it isn't fake bizarre. news. This is real. Oh, okay, I'm sorry. Yeah, or are you just saying it's, it's, <laughs> well, it's, not, it's just not important. But um, I'm scratching what, around for news this week. Yes. So I started to list it was a um, telescope. Okay. And it provided a photo, but the one I'm selling is used. So I was waiting for the photo to go away, and it didn't. And I have to say that this one looked really like a stock photo. This one 
looked like it could possibly be from the manufacturer. I don't know. Anyway, in my very non-scientific research report, I listed another item that was used and a stock photo came up. Now, this is probably another seller's photo, as you had mentioned when I told you about this. Um, Interestingly, they did not disappear when I put that they were used. So it is telling me that maybe eBay is letting you use sometimes if they provide a stock photo for a used item. But on one of them, my item doesn't have the power cord. And in the stock photo, it shows the power cord. So Mm. I couldn't, here's the part that, you know, interests me. I couldn't delete the stock photo. Um, Possibly, I, I believe we were able to delete it after my photo person, you know, my, my mm-hmm. worker, um, added photos. I told him, make sure you delete that stock photo because it doesn't have the cord and you know, no matter what I say in the listing, when they get it, they're going to be like, well, Oh, photo is king. Yeah. Cord? You can't, can't put stuff in the photo that you don't deliver on. That's going to yeah. cause you so problems. I couldn't delete it before saving the draft. So I had to make sure my photo person deletes it after they add some okay. photos. All right. So that's one, again, we're interested in anyone else's um, thoughts on that. If you run into an issue where you think you've been offered by eBay a suggested photo to use, and it looks like a used photo they've taken from somebody else's listing, that would be interesting to know about. Is this now something, have they taken the product catalog idea and now started to try and ripple that down to used items? I mean, personally, I never list anything in eBay as new, even if I think I can get away with it as new, because I have seen them in the past uh, take people's pictures that have labeled new, and then that becomes the stock photo on eBay. So suddenly now all my fancy photography is now used by every other Tom, Dick, and Harry to compete against me. So whereas if I say open, that would would take me off big time, and I'll be coming after you. But that's a, that's a whole different program how we do that. Um, but uh, that's why I tend to use open box a lot because that then oh, discourages the machinery from taking my pictures and sticking them into the catalog because oh, they might start. They might they might not now. be you know relevant to everybody. So it'd be from my point of view, it's interesting if they've now opened the gates a little bit and started to take pictures from things that are uh, less than new. One of the problems that I, I do have run into is people, someone stolen one of my pictures, used it to, to post an item on eBay, they've declared it as new, and then eBay then steals the picture from them oh, after they stole no. it from me, and then it goes into the eBay picture library. My gosh, and and, and trying to monsters. trying to get you out of that hole is hard. <laughs> wow. Because eBay will say that they, they claim that you've allocated rights to them, and I deny that, and we go backwards and forwards. Uh, so I, uh, one of the reasons I do keep an eye on people stealing my stuff is that it gets, I get upset if they start listing it as new because then that picture is kind of out of my control at that point. It's very hard to hang on to it. Yeah. So there we are. Again, it's it's kind of the wild west out there in terms of intellectual property. If you have experiences or stories to tell, we'd love to hear them. Again, it's uh, sell, sell, sell dot online uh, for the website. Uh, what else we got here? Oh, one piece of news at, hot off the press just did come in today, and I'm inferring 
This here, is real news. This is real. This is well, it's news as far as I'm concerned, not news about anybody else. Uh, that I just got a letter from eBay saying, "Oh, by the way, would you like to be part of the eBay refurbished approved seller list?" <laughs> and that's interesting. I'm so, you know what? I'm laughing because I saw when you sent me the email to letting me know. I saw the subject line, and I'm like, oh, "eBay is inviting me." To be in the oh. refurbished, but it was from you. So anyway, congratulations. Well, it, it, it may not mean a lot in practice because I think that it applies to categories like consumer electronics and things that, that I'm never going to really do anything in. Um, I do sell some stuff that I think I could probably pass off as, as computer equipment, and that might be the category that they're now starting to go after with this. So basically, they've they started the... The seller, the, the eBay refurbished, which is nice because it is a gated category, so not everybody gets to sell in that category. eBay throws in a one or two year warranty on their dime, which is they nice. Do? Yeah. Oh, I if you if you that. do that, um, and obviously you know in theory you maybe you can get a higher price. So for someone like me that tries to get high prices, this is the holy grail. Uh, yes. I've just been waiting for this to roll out to categories that might affect me. I think it was initially really driven a lot by the cell phone thing, because there's, there's thousands and thousands and thousands of cell phones. And obviously, there are people that know what they're doing, and then there's people that don't. And it would be a very good example of something where some kind of certification process for sellers would be very worthwhile. And I spent a lot of time uh, working with a lady in, in the product team, because we were for a reason they asked me for my thoughts on being a refurbished seller. I thought, well, maybe they'll make me one if I cooperate wow. with the development process. But uh, sadly, that didn't work out. Anyway, oh, no. so it's now expanded. It I think it's computering stuff that has got me into this this email thing. Um, I thought if I say yes, you know, someone's going to turn up with a clipboard and ask to certify the calibration of all my test equipment or something like that to make sure I was meeting all the specs. But as soon as I give my name and address, it says, bingo, you've been approved. So I don't think there's a lot of lot so of analysis going on. Two arms, two legs, and, and complete the form, yes. So it's like you have to have better than 98% positive feedback. Well, that's not that hard. You, uh, your return rate has to be less than 4% and less than 1%. INRs. Not I mean, you know, in hurdles that aren't really that difficult to achieve for most of us. I think it's fair to say. Um, so anyway, I've 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 done that, and we'll see where that goes. So my guess is, and the news item here really is standby. Uh, we must have another seller release coming up fairly soon, and I would expect them to announce then that there are going to be new categories that. Um, uh, eBay refurbished is a new is is an, a condition code, and typically that means people that are not in the approved seller list get kicked out of the refurbished category, and they have to just use used or new. And that's good for those of us who do refurbishing, which is what I do. Yes, it is what you do. Assuming that, I mean, it affects my categories, which it may not. So anyway, no, it's interesting. Like me, uh, who considers refurbishing like cleaning off the screen. I did look at the there's a there's a whole big document at the end of a link that describes how you have to qualify or how you maintain membership of the program. There were some interesting things in there, like um, you can't do best offer. Best offer is prohibited under this scheme. I don't know why okay. that's that's prohibited, but there we are. Well, who likes the best offer anyway? I don't like it, but some people use it. So that's interesting that that doesn't apply. Uh, you're supposed to use all new packaging. That's not a problem. Typically, I use new boxes. 
I'll have to go and buy some stickers or labels that say refurbished on them, because apparently the exterior of the box has to have a thing saying refurbished on the outside. Oh, okay. Strange, but important detail, perhaps. Yeah. Um, and there's some other bits and bobs in there, but it's, it's nothing too difficult. Reset in, it to factory settings? I think you have to one? include a manual. I mean, oh, I, really? I, I include... I include you print it out? Oh, I'm going to just put a link in the listing, but, you know, it's, oh, you know, oh, oh. I think that's, that's probably funny. bending the rules slightly. But uh, And I think you have to describe in the list, the things you have to put in the listing, you have to describe the refurbishing process or something or what you did to it, or which I don't tend to do very much. I put test results, but the last thing I want to get in there is is, is going back and forth with buyers about it. Did I do that test? Have I replaced that component? Because people who ask those kind of questions are nightmare buyers, to be honest yeah. with you. Yeah. And they're just getting too picky, and that's just going to be a problem. But anyway, so I'll have to navigate this thing. The detail of it is a little scary in certain areas, if assuming it, it even comes to pass that I'm affected by this. But I will give it a go, like everything. As, as you know, Sherry, we have a view that we'll, we, will, we will dance to whatever tune eBay plays and see how we get on. Yes. It'll be interesting to see if they roll this out in the same way that they're rolling out the international shipping mm -hmm. to anyone who qualifies? Or are they just allowing a select group? I think it's probably select, but a fairly wide selection. My guess is that anyone that has any kind of depth in the right categories, whose metrics are within the parameters that they set, which is quite broad, maybe gets an invitation. All right. I don't think you have to file your, you know, diplomas and uh, certifications and insurance certificates or anything in there. I didn't ask for that. It said I was approved. So I did write a little narrative about myself, but no one even read it. <laughs> oh. I thought someone might be reading it, but apparently not. <laughs> okay. All right. Well, that's, uh, that's enough for the news, I think. And we'll get on uh, to talk about, oh, yes, our little complaint and our battle with the, the folks at UPS um, after this. Okay, so Philip and Sherry clearly aren't experts. Yep. We need your help. Will you be a guest on the show? Is there something about selling on eBay that you can share? We'd like to have you join us. Contact us. www.sellsellsell.online That's www.sellsellsell.online Thank you for being part of the show. All right. So let's talk about uh, UPS. This is a follow-up to something, that a little campaign we started the other day. And to cut a very long story short, the basic problem is that when I go away on vacation, I have UPS hold my packages. They fail to deliver them on the day after I return. And then rather than just delivering them when a day or two late, they return them back to the sender with a fake excuse saying, I, re I refused the package. I wasn't there. There was a gate access problem. There was a cash on delivery problem, whatever it is. And this has been going on for two years and I just had enough of it. And as we talked about last time, I think you can you can write to the CEO of a company and you'll get a polite reply back from someone that says, oh, Mr. So-and-so asked me to respond to you and wants me to assure you we paid attention to what you wrote. And by the way, here's a $50 gift card. Thank you very much. And I guarantee it'll make no difference whatsoever apart from you'll get $50 or whatever it is out of them. The harder but perhaps more successful approach is to try and track down an executive, senior, middle, senior kind of level who really cares and will actually solve the problem. Anyway, so that's the approach I took with our friends at UPS. I found the VP of operations, who, in fairness to him, responded in less than 24 hours. 
And he put me through to, I think, like the area supervisor for the Orlando area. Uh, again, very quickly. And I did get quite a detailed response to, to my allegations because basically I thought that what was going on, and I still think this is true to some extent, that they were covering up for a cock-up, basically. They, they missed the delivery date rather than just deliver things the next day and maybe get a one-day late figure on their metrics. They were sending stuff back to the sender in order to to not have to say they were late. Um, anyway, so Boo. I got a reply back. First reply was quite detailed about them not being able to get access at all times of day and night to where I live. There is a gate with a number on it. They seem to manage it most of the time. I don't know why this has suddenly become an issue, but anyway. So I can't say yay or nay to that if they said they had a problem. I think they just didn't communicate between different drivers. Who knows what? But then I said, well, the fact they wrote me so much about that and really didn't say much about the real problem, which is this stuff being sent back to the sender. Uh, I went back to them and said, OK, very good. Let's not worry about that. Let's talk about the false refusals, because that's really bothering me. And I'm getting various stuff from them, like from the head of the the local depot or something. So it's and I've found in the past that if you can get through to the guys that actually run these uh, local depots, they are really very helpful. I was amazed at that at his that he very responded. candid, and I won't post it because it's they're being very honest about what they've done internally. And I found this. Remember that time that FedEx picked up my UPS, USPS packages? Once I got through to the guy that runs the plant the other side of town, it was fixed in an instant. Three yeah. weeks of mucking around trying to go through the one eight hundred number, no joy whatsoever. No. I bribe some guy on, on a truck to give me a phone number and bingo, <laughs> I'm straight through and we've got the problem solved. Wow. So, you know, um, there we are. Anyway, so uh, we, they, they wouldn't give me the exact story. And I suspect some element of falsification had been going on and they just weren't willing to share that. And that's fair enough because I wouldn't in their shoes. So the guy basically says, look, I think we've uncovered something here. Um, there's been an element of retraining. I think that should probably be in double quotes. Um, and uh, I'm pretty sure it's not going to happen again. So I have to accept that at face value. I, I, as long I, as it doesn't happen again. I think they're pretty genuine. I mean, they were they were sharing much more information than they really had to. It was clearly going backwards and forwards between the sort of the regional manager and the local manager. And you could see there were names of people they'd spoken to and this, that and the other. Um so I think that it was a genuine effort on their part to try and figure out what the problem was, not just make up some excuse, get to the bottom of it and fix it. As you say, the, the test now is, and this is why I said to him, look, I, I really thank you for your quick response. Why don't I monitor it? I've got your email address. Um, I'd be happy to let you know if there's any future issues. Thank you very much. So that's where it is. Yeah, at least they know that's not going to work in the future. Well, someone's, someone's going to, don't, don't mess with this guy. <laughs> not that they have pay any attention to what's on the label, I'm sure. But anyway, so I don't know whether someone's spending more time with their family as a result of this exercise or, or what's going on. But uh, I'm, I'm happy that I took it as far as I could, as aggressively as I could. And yeah. I, I think that we've got a solution from UPS that maybe will last. So watch this space. Yes. All right. Good for you. Okay. And you have a question for us, Sherry, moving on to yes. something a bit more a bit more amusing. I have a question for you. I have a question for all of you. What is your biggest hurdle to reaching your goals? Mm. Let us know. And I am also part of that, you know, could be how do you get your stuff? 
is a hurdle getting better stuff. I know for me, it's having maybe too much to list that isn't profitable enough Mm -hmm. and not enough of the stuff that's profitable. And once you know what is preventing you from making your goal, then you can figure out the solution. But we'd be really interested to hear what, what your goal is. If you want to share it, what keeps you from making it to that? And then we could even brainstorm about Mm -hmm. what to do about it. I, I thought it'd be just interesting to talk about how we get stuff. I know that at the um, Boss Reseller Remix, the speaker from Canada, whose name? Jessica. Thank you. We had her as a guest on the program as well. I know, I know. Mm-hmm. Uh, she talked about doing Facebook ads um, as and using social media to get the items that they target. And I don't do that at all. So I'm just interested to know what you do. Um, and something that I do that I shared on eBay radio years ago is that I go to in-person networking meetings Yes, and that's kind of like a chamber of commerce, but I, I'm an introvert. I don't know if you've noticed, but, um, I, so walking into a room with a bunch of people milling around holding a glass of wine, plus I, I can't really drink wine. So like, there goes that. Mm-hmm. It to me that's just kind of a nightmare to think about like walking up to different people, but the kind of networking meeting that I go to, it's uh, has an agenda, and each person there gets to speak for a minute or half a minute in front of the whole group and say what they do. So that's what I do, mm-hmm. and I get referrals from people that way, and that's how I get maybe fifty percent of my stuff, and then. The other way I seem to be getting it, other than referrals from clients that I'm selling for, is just from my website, from local people who are Googling to find someone to sell their stuff. Hmm. And I think we know that, Philip, you you and your arbitrage, you you buy on eBay. Yes, I like the uh, <laughs> lazy approach of having my stuff come to me with no human interaction involved other than saying hello to the postman every day. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I might opt for that if I was good at it. It's just that you have um, an, uh, knowledge about a certain type of item. Well, maybe one of these days we'll, we'll do a thing for, I don't know, Griff or whoever, or whoever and, and, and start to uh, talk about that because there's no great secret to it. Uh, there's a lot of, you know, simple stuff that goes on. Well, we'll cover that another time. I, I'm curious that you, you do the introvert thing. But then I'm getting somewhat off topic. I remember when we did the Boss Reseller Remix in uh, Las Vegas, I remember someone uh, not too far away from here um, deciding you wanted to play blackjack. Oh, I'm not an and, introvert when I play blackjack, sorry. <laughs> sidling up to some strangers at a blackjack table and entertaining them for about an hour and a half, being <laughs> the life and soul of the party. To, to people you've never met before in your life and, and everyone's having a good time. So there you go. I, I had a blast. Okay, now you know why I love blackjack. You know that your level of introversion varies in different situations. Mm-hmm. Yes. So in, uh, with blackjack, I'm, I'm all good. Very good. Okay. Okay. All right. So that's uh, that's uh, uh, something maybe you can come back to Sherry on. Uh, 
I guess it's an email. Probably the best to be so uh, get in touch yeah. via sell 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 dot online. If I had to come up with a quick answer off the top of my head, I would say saying no, but specifically saying no so that I create listing and selling capacity to get rid of stuff I already bought a long time ago and haven't done anything with but should have done. And it's hard to stop buying new stuff because it's a good deal, right? But you have yes. to clear out the old stuff first. And having the strength of my conviction to actually say no to new stuff just because I have to get at this old stuff out of the way. It's been hanging around for years. I need to get on with that. Yes, so. I, I think, yeah, that's a that's a good one. That's mine. All right. Let's move on. Another uh, quick thing here. Um, and uh, we, we would love you. Uh, if, if you're looking for something else to do in life, maybe uh, selling is uh, not full time for you and you're looking for a, a new career, I got an idea for you. Uh, and it's just appeared on the eBay job vacancy board. They are looking for a lead to be uh, a seller advocate. I think this might be a Brian Burke vacancy. I don't, it doesn't say Brian's name anywhere, but it does sound like the sort of stuff that his department think so. do. No, it sounds very technical when you read. Well, the and that's where the curious thing is, and it's for a start. Let's get the nitty gritty out of the way. The the salary range is from about one hundred and seventy thousand a year to about two hundred and sixty thousand a year, plus. And I don't know exactly the numbers, but I think if you work for eBay. If a good year, you maybe make 50% on top through the sort of employee share option thing if you stay around long enough. So where I'm from, that's called a pretty good screw, um, <laughs> if you pardon my French. Um, and so this is an interesting job. So I think that you would be, and any one of us, would be a fantastic hire. They need people that understand the seller's world. And let's see how they go about asking for the right skills here and what they're looking for. This is this is off the eBay job board. So they're looking for uh, someone to be the uh, seller advocacy lead, to be the internal voice of the customer within the product development lifecycle, to have a um, build this voice of seller dashboard, and to be passionate about the sellers, to have a relentless drive to improve experiences, blah, blah, blah. Now, if I were trying to fill that job or I was interviewing someone for that job, my sort of cheat sheet of things that I think would be relevant for the role that would make you successful <laughs> would be a passion for selling. In particular, a passion for selling on eBay, but I'll give you bonus marks if you've sold somewhere else as well because there's good ideas at places outside of eBay. Maybe you have some experience of attending seller events. Maybe you meet other sellers. Maybe you coach or advise other sellers or you've done so or you've taught a family member how to sell on eBay that would be interesting experience you know maybe you've been frustrated about the way something does or doesn't work on eBay and you've developed your own tool or workaround or some other process to fix the problem that would be a good thing to bring to an interview certainly maybe you understand the functional skills of selling on eBay maybe you know about you know shipping stuff out creating listings uh, performance metrics all that sort of stuff and, and and maybe as well you're good at being an advocate and you, you go and convince other people to do things you go meet them and they walk away from the meeting doing something different because you spoke to them you know that I'm would be the sort of thing that job. would be the sort of thing that if I was advertising this job that would be the requirements that I would have here and that would be what the interview process would be looking for because I think that's what we take to be successful. 
Now, just before you send your resume in, I'll, I'll let you know exactly what eBay thinks it wants. And this is what Sherry was talking about earlier. The stuff that they think is the key to succeeding in this particular role. Well, first, first item, number one, deep understanding of product management methodologies. Well, I could teach you that if I was the manager. That wouldn't be a right. well, thing. But that it's a deep but experience with JIRA, that's J-I-R-A, is a plus. I, well, I have no I'll idea have what Jira that. is, but I did did Google it, and apparently it's a it's it's a bug fix tracking program. So basically, oh, yeah. you're chasing bugs, which to me means you failed in your primary objective of getting stuff right. If you're running around fixing bugs, <laughs> anyway. So that seems a strange one to put first. Uh, lots of experience with data analysis and analyzing large data sets. Oh dear. Uh oh. Oh dear. Um, and lots of uh, producing reports and dashboards and stuff and using tools like Tableau, Looker, Power BI or similar. You know, I have no idea what they are. Oh, and basic understanding of SQL, that's the database language, and programming yes. languages such as Python. Oh, wait, do you have to be a programmer? That's just... what they want. They're basically hiring a database admin to oh. to to advocate for sellers and this oh, is my this sister's is, a programmer maybe i should tell her but, about this and i just thought she probably well, makes more than that i mean am i nuts is this is this totally barking up the wrong tree you know i mean yes of course you have to produce reports and stuff but that's that goes for any role any company i mean the bits that are important which is really understanding sellers and being able to go sit next to somebody in their cube and have them take stuff on board is just not here it's 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 run reports on sql produce a big fat report every month email it out to the entire company and somehow hope that you're going to change the world and i just you know maybe that's the way ebay works i don't i, I don't think so so i think it's a it's a potentially a wonderful opportunity for one of us to get a nice gig in eBay and and maybe you know bring about some changes that are much needed, but I you know it just seems a very strange set of qualifications for what I think they really want. University degree, preferably masters in engineering, marketing, business administration, communications. Technical background is relevant. <laughs> yeah, well, I noticed that one. That oh, kind of ruled me out, but and I don't know why you need any of that stuff, really. I mean. You could learn about that. Even SQL, you could you could learn if you want. To. I, I don't know. Uh, so it's an interesting thing. If you are looking for something different, maybe a full time gig, and you're prepared to work, I think it's San Jose and In Portland. Portland right? was it? Yeah, maybe that's where the yeah. Seattle people come from. You never know. Ah, um, see. And uh, so yeah. Anyway, so Wait, that's, that's up. the wrong state for Seattle. Oh, is it? Okay. Well, <laughs> nearest damn it. Maybe that's just the way Apple bunches. Oh, know. wait a minute. I'm sorry. They're only separated by a bridge. I'll give you that. Portland is in Oregon, but it's right oh, next okay. to. Well, that could be. It could be because I accidentally got stuck driving to Seattle because I got on the bridge okay. by accident. Well, we don't know. We still don't know the answer, so maybe okay. someone will enlighten us. So there you go. <clears throat> if you want a couple hundred grand a year plus plus of perks, uh, that's a nice little role. I think that any one of us that, that sells full time could do a fantastic job. Uh, getting past the selection criteria might be a slight challenge, uh, but I believe the effort would pay off in the long run. You'd be have. Uh, be able to have a lot of success in that role and do some real good over at uh, eBay land. Let us know how you get on. If you need the link to the uh, the advert, uh, you can just email us and I'll, I'll send you that if you can't find it. But it's the uh, lead of seller advocacy team, it says here. So there you go. Could you work for eBay? Well, because I don't have those skills... I have to deal with people asking me strange questions. Oh, yeah? Yeah, like somebody recently, last week, 
asked if I could take a picture of the Louis Vuitton sandals on. So he said his wife wants to know if her feet will look fat in the sandal. Yeah. Well, my first thought was my foot isn't going to help sell these sandals. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't want you to think of like Hobbit level, but my toes are crooked, a little crooked. Mm-hmm. I mean, I feel like most people's are, but um, so, and then it occurred to me because I, I was trying to figure out how to answer him. And I don't want to sound rude, which I have managed to do in the past when somebody asked me for more pictures of something. Um, and so what I said was, I, I don't have, what did I, I said something like, first of all, I, I don't have the most attractive feet, but secondly, um, I, I don't think it'll the, I answer the, the guy question. I don't think the guest guy cared about <laughs> I don't think so. Don't think he was I, and also, um, I don't think it'll help your wife know how it'll look on her. Mm-hmm. So, um, but I want you to know that I do have a return policy. Do you think and, he's even and married? If, no, probably no, <laughs> probably not. I think I, I now I've had experience in the past, which kind of informed me that this might not be. He might not really be asking this genuine question. Shocker. So what happened in the past? was I had someone, I had a pair of rain boots listed mm-hmm. and someone asked, can I see how they look on? Yeah. So I, I got one of the teenagers and put the rain boot on and just took a picture of the boot that showed like a partial mm-hmm. leg in jeans. You know, there's nothing showing here, thankfully, because of the way that this ended up going, because that person ended up saying, can you show them being put <laughs> on and off? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, no. That's a thing. And where is this going? Mm-hmm. That's a thing. Okay. So I think it might be more widespread than we think because um, at another point, I was selling some used coach shoes, mm-hmm. tennis shoes, my own. In fact, if anyone gave them to me, I would never sell them this worn out. But I thought, well, you know, I might as well just stick my shoes on eBay. And as I was researching them, I was coming across shoes that people were advertising how used they were. Like they've been very well used. And this seemed to point to this same buyer group that wanted pictures of the boots being put Mm -hmm. on and taken Mm -hmm. off. Anyway, earlier when you introduced me, you said that I have a sidekick. I do not provide photos for these people. And I'm on to them. And I'm not going to do it. Yeah, you saw through this gentleman, I think. <laughs> yeah, you, I think yeah, so. Yeah, I, I think there's definitely a thing. And uh, my guess is he spends a lot of time each week sending out uh, requests for photographs of people's feet in shoes. And uh, that's his thing. And I, I'm um, guessing a lot of them might comply yep. these poor mm-hmm. innocent victims mm-hmm. so anyway how about you have you had any strange <laughs> requests that you think 
hmm, that seems a little strange. Uh, we'd love to hear. That'd be a good uh, a good thing to uh, get in touch. You can leave us a voicemail if you like. It's 833-EBAY-723. That's e- uh, 833-EBAY-723. <laughs> I'm still voting for someone with a fetish, but there you go. Who knows? Maybe we'll get the benefit of the doubt. All right. Uh, let's do one more quick uh, item here before we, uh, we press on and, and try and wrap this thing up. Now, this is a, a, th- a theory I have about uh, how to mitigate the expense of doing returns. Now, I do paid returns because, to be honest, the 10% discount, I'm pretty sure, covers the cost of the labels involved, so why not? Uh, but can you make it even better? Maybe you could make a, a, a profit on a return. And I, I think the trick here is, first of all, uh, to get yourself a cashback credit card. So there's plenty out there. I think the one they usually recommend is a Citibank dividend 2% cashback card. Pretty well established. eBay recommends it? No, only the consumer oh. finance sites. Oh, got it. Okay. And it just gives you 2% cash back on whatever you spend. So that's the first thing to go and do. And then the, the, tr- the trick here is to try and make sure that eBay charges your return to that credit card rather than your eBay cash balance. And really, ah. all you have to do is get the timing right. Um, so what I do, and I have one just, just come in the other day, uh, and... The return's okay. I, I write to them and say, everything's good with it. I'll be processing your return in a couple of days. There's just some financial cycles that have to take place. Don't worry, you're going to be getting it. So I manage their expectations to not see a return payment straight away. I think you've got four days before eBay starts getting on your case and doing it for you. So that's a, that's a decent amount of time. And the trick here is to initiate the charge to your credit card for the return when there's no positive balance on your account. So typically every night, eBay will send money to your bank account. uh, So that maybe will empty out your eBay balance. So what I would do if there's a a return due, I would wait until first thing in the morning. Maybe I haven't sold anything overnight. Maybe they transferred whatever cash balance I have out to my bank. And then I would do the return, the refund, then when that balance is low before i have sales coming in during that day perhaps and what ebay does is it charges your credit card straight away i thought what they would do is wait until the end of the day and then net off any sales that you had during the day and only take the remaining balance off your credit card that doesn't seem to be the way it works it charges your credit card at the time that you issue the refund so if you issue a refund when there's very little or zero positive balance on your eBay account. It's going to charge to your credit card. That gets you 2% cash back. So uh, on a a large item, I was, you know, this was like a couple thousand dollars. Uh, It was 30 odd dollars worth of of cash back. And that was more than the price of the return label. So in addition to the 10, about a side business, in in addition to the 10%, if you choose to do it for offering free returns, uh, the trick is get a cash back credit card and and use that for giving your refunds by making sure that you don't have uh, a positive balance. Now, what you can't do, or maybe you could do, I suppose, is clear out the balance in your own account if you have the if you have the thing where you can transfer it to a debit card. I don't have that. I haven't tried that. Uh, that's what I was just looking at, so yes. I could interrupt so you and say maybe that you can yes, do that. You, you can you can even run it faster than I am and and give yourself a payout. Do you, does it do they charge you for that? For an I immediate, don't know, immediate I cash don't to card? Do, I don't know. 
I don't do a debit card. One of the problems of doing that is that you eBay. then hook yourself into the two-factor authentication thing because they want to know it's you, and that then slows down everything and it starts to get complicated. So I, I haven't gone down that road. So what they say is add your Visa or MasterCard debit card to get payouts in minutes, not days. Use your debit card to get paid on demand or on a schedule. Just anyway, so there's the idea that you mm. can get clear it out on demand. Oh, oh, each payout to your debit card has a 1.5% fee. Yeah, there you go. Minimum of 25 cents, yeah. maximum $15. So there yeah. goes all our profit. There, well, that goes 1.5 if you're 2%. <laughs> <laughs> the trick is, I think, wait for them to send out the money. Check your account in the morning first thing. Give yourself a little window with which to do that. Get up early. Check that uh, you've got a zero balance and then hit that refund the buyer now. It'll post it all to your credit card. A, you don't have to pay them back till the credit card bill comes in, and B, you get your 2%, assuming you have a 2% cashback card. It's like free it. money, kids. Yeah. Make the most of that. Money. All right. And I think that's probably where we have to leave it for this week, as we talk rather a lot. Uh, don't forget, uh, uh, just if you're in the Orlando area and you'd like to join us for our next face-to-face uh, -face meetup, chance to have a happy hour drink and a chit chat and maybe exchange some ideas about how to make your eBay business more successful. That'll be taking place uh, at uh, the Firebirds Bar and Grill in uh, Winter Park. That's Tuesday the 25th of April. We rock up about 5.30 or so. Stick around till 8 if you want to join us. Be good to see you there. And in the meantime, hope you can stay in touch throughout the week. We are available at sellsellsell.online. That's sellsellsell.online. So this is Philip Jackson saying thanks ever so much indeed for joining us yet again for the Selling on eBay radio show and thank you so much for listening. And this is Fake Announcer Guy saying see you next time. He always likes the last word. Such a party animal. <laughs> 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 <laughs>